All right, welcome back to the Lindroth Hockey Podcast. We've had a long-awaited 30 days since we've released an episode. We have been very busy with the summer and a bunch of other personal things going on. Um, also, a quick announcement, we are no longer part of the Black and Gold Hockey Productions uh, studio, so we are now a free agent podcast. Um, ah. but with that being said, today we are with uh, co-host Father and Son Duo. We are finally back together, and we have uh, one of our favorite guests that come on the show recently, and we're excited to have back with us ECHL Iowa Heartlanders head coach and GM Derek Damon. If you did not have a chance to check out his playing career, we invite you to listen to our extensive interview with him previously on episode 126. So today we're going to go over a breakdown from last season, what's in store for Iowa during training camp and this season coming up. So please, without further ado, welcome Coach Derek Damon. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me back on, guys. It's uh, It's great to be back on with you. Yeah, so for our listeners that may not know about the Iowa Heartlanders, they are a new team or newer team that joined the ECHL about two years ago, and they're currently the affiliate of the Minnesota Wild of the NHL and the Iowa Wild of the AHL. So, Coach, just to begin talking about this, how has the offseason been for you? And you had mentioned right before we had got on the air, it's been very, very busy. And we've talked about, um, to remind fans, ECHL head coach is also the GM, does all the signings, says a lot more than just coach behind the bench. What's what's the offseason look like for you, man? How crazy busy has it been? Well, it's 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 good. It's it's refreshing. You get to spend a little more time with the family. Um, we're able to do a little bit of traveling <clears throat> back to Maine, where I'm from, see my family, and then also up to Canada, see where my wife's from, uh, see her family. So it, it was good in that respect. But it's busy. Uh, since we ended the season in the middle of April, our goal is to right away get going uh trying to build a team that is going to compete for the playoffs uh you know and the old adage saying the harder you work in the summertime the the better your year is as a as a coach or you know in the management side of it so you know fortunate that you know Joe Exter myself Eric Misho we've been working really hard to make sure we put a a really good team on the ice for the the upcoming season so coach I'm curious uh of being moving from assistant coach to head coach and GM, what were some of the things just in general that came as a surprise to you as the job description? Um, and how did you adjust? <laughs> the, uh, you know, I, I felt like I was prepared. Uh, my mentor, Jerry Fleming, you know, he gave me a lot of good sound advice, you know, throughout our year when I was working for him. Uh, you know, he, he made sure that, you know, I'd be aware of, of things that when they come up, you just got to take them as they come and, and make sure you handle them and, and move on. And, um, you know, our league is such a, it, it's such a great league for, for coaches and, and there's so many good coaches in our league. Uh, honestly, we have a league full of, uh, really, really good coaches. Uh, and, and that's what makes this league really good is, you know, that every night, you have to make adjustments and you have to learn on the fly how to how to make sure that your team is ready to go to beat these uh, these teams. And, um, you know, just the the ECHL in, in our world, it stands for the ever changing hockey league uh, <laughs> because it's it's always changing. You're always having to deal with uh, different aspects and, and different parts of the job uh, and, and you're always changing. And, you know, that's that's what why this is such a good route for myself uh to to be a coach and also to be on the management side because you're always learning and, and you're you're handling different different situations as they come up so 
kind of picking back on that, let's talk a little bit about the team last season. I, I want to get your impression. So uh, a, a challenging season, but still uh, a pretty much a brand new team. But you also had to deal with the ever-changing world of a lot of call-ups, also battling a, a bunch of injuries. So can you give us a quick assessment from your end of where you see uh, how the team did and where you need to you know, build, rebuild? Uh, I, I, I'd say that we got off to a slow start, um, had a little bit of a struggle December, uh, into January. And then, um, probably towards the end of January, we brought in a player who had played, you know, five years in the American hockey league. And then he went over to Europe for, for a year and a half and, uh, Tanner McMaster, he's, you know, got a lot of experience. He's a guy who can really, he can play the game, uh, at such a high level. He's smart. We brought him in. We were able to get him uh, back from Europe. And he, once he came in the 1st of February, that's kind of when our season turned around. Uh, we, you know, when we'd made some trades, uh, trying to upgrade our team through the trade and and through the waiver wire. And, and we were able to do so. And in the final 31 games, we finished 14, 13, and 4, uh, one game above Hockey 500. And uh, made a lot of strides. Uh, we brought in a lot of college players at the end of the season to get looks so that they were competing for jobs for this coming year. And we were able to get, you know, some good looks at guys and, and guys that had earned contracts going into this season. Uh, so in the end, it was a, it, the way we finished was good. Uh, a lot of momentum, a lot of positives to, to be taken from that and, and head into year three. So do you have a, a lot of players that maybe are not on call, but maybe that you spoke to and said, hey, we're having, we're about to have a lot of call-ups and you know, maybe playoff season's coming up soon and the AHL team's going to need some of their guys. And you've also got injuries always coming um, your way. So how does that work? Because I'm sure you're constantly scrambling if you wake up one day and they're like, by the way, we're pulling up three, four players and you already have some injuries. How quickly does that happen where you have to sign guys to get them on the team and try and fill out the roster? Yeah. I mean, it, again, it's the ever-changing hockey league and you have to have your finger on the pulse of the Southern professional league. You need to know what, what players are doing well down there. Um, you know, you have to have a finger on the pulse of, of guys that are on the, the waiver wire in our league, uh, that potentially you could pick up and bring in, or, you know, some, you might have to make a trade, uh, for future consideration just to get a body. Um, so it, it, you're always on the phone. You're always constantly with the help of your assistants, uh, looking for ways to upgrade your team. Um, but also at the same time, you're just taking it one day at a time and, you just have to make sure that you stay in, stay in the present, make sure you're staying focused on what the process is at hand at that day and, and what your, your goals are uh, for that, for that day and that weekend and and not try to get too far ahead of yourself. And, and that's, that's what this league is so good at. You're constantly having to make adjustments on the fly. So you're obviously the head guy in charge. You don't have too many people above you, but one of the people that you have above you will always be the owners of the team. Speaking of owners, you do have new ownership for the Iowa Heartlanders. I guess in a, in a generic question being asked, what is that difference like, and how often are you keeping in touch with owners? Because, you know, we hear people talk bad about a lot of owners, and maybe the NHL teams and stuff, and how they maybe are never involved, or they don't care, they don't want to spend the money. But what is the reality like, especially for ETHL team and how uh, hands-on the owners can be and how that affects you? Uh, well, 
first of all, we're very happy to be, you know, under new ownership. Uh, Michael Devlin, he's uh, a, a person that has uh, connections here in, in Iowa. Um, he owns the Des Moines Buccaneers in the USHL. And we just very happy to be heading in a, in a more positive direction. Um, you know, he's got local ties, which we feel is, is, is beneficial for us as an organization. Um, again, just, just really excited to be, to be under new ownership with Michael. Um, he's going to be very good for this organization. Also very good for the area. Coach, if I could get your um, um, sort of thoughts on some of these summer moves that you've made here. So uh, first one I want to touch on here is uh, tough to yeah. talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. Odin tough to is a really good uh, get for us as a, as a team. Uh, he was a four year player at Quinnipiac university, very skilled hockey player, right shot center signed an NHL deal out of Quinnipiac uh, with the Tampa Bay lightning. Uh, he's dealt with some injury issues. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's played up and down between the American Hockey League and the East Coast League, which, you know, you're always trying to find those players that have played in the American Hockey League. They they make your teams better. Uh, they have that experience of playing at that level, uh, which is going to make your, your team better and make the players around them better. Uh, he's from Minnesota, which is a, an area that we're really trying to to dig in and, and make sure we're doing a lot of our recruiting through the, you know, the state of Minnesota, because there's so many hockey players and, you know, it gives us the ability to recruit guys that can play close to home uh, and that, you know, are, are really good hockey players. So to get a, a guy like Odin, we're really excited about, and, you know, we feel he's going to add a, a different dimension to our team that we didn't have last year. You got Will Caverly from Florida, and I'm I'm really intrigued about this. So he's a 2022 uh, Hobie Baker finalist, uh, and this is going to be his first full season um, in the ECHL, I believe this this coming season. Um, you gave Florida the uh, ECHL rights to Smolik, um, who actually been spending quite a bit of time on the AHL. So to me, on paper, sounds like a great move. Uh, and the reasoning I think is pretty obvious, but what was the reasoning for that? Um, <clears throat> you know, sometimes players, they want a fresh start. They want to get into a, you know, a different organization, get a fresh set of eyes on them uh, from their American league. And, um, you know, to get a player like Will, Will's a, you know, like you said, he was a former Hobie Baker finalist at RIT, two-year captain at RIT, uh, then went to Merrimack for a year played for the Merrimack Warriors, had a good season and and signed on with the Florida Everglades uh, after his college season finished and ended up being a real big catalyst for him down the stretch in the playoffs. Played in 12 of their, uh, I think it was 12 of their 18 games, 12 of their 16 games, but had a really good performance, uh, signed back with them. He's a center, he's a left shot center that, you know, gives us depth down the middle. Um, last year, I thought, you know, our, our depth in the middle was, was lacking. And that's an area that we really wanted to address this year was make sure that we, we had guys that were versatile, but also could play the middle. Some other moves I just want to mention, and then we'll, we'll move on. No pun intended. Um, you signed recently signed Coughlin, goalie Duridden and, and Bosk coming from, I think it's France, right? Didn't he play? Yeah. Um, so kind of like you, right. Playing all over in Europe, you know, anyway, yeah. uh, I really like uh, the Coughlin move. He was assistant captain. Um, 
what did he play at Worcester or wherever he played the last few seasons? Really a great leader um, and does a lot of things well on the ice. Talk a little bit about that and include in uh, Deridna where you might see him on the, in the team lineup. Yeah. So uh, Liam Coughlin is, uh, you know, he's played, he's got experience, uh, you know, you know, it's, it's very important that you have guys that have experience within the league. They know what it takes to be a pro, what it takes to play in the ECHL. It's, it's a, it's a very hard league to play in, you know, the grind, the travel, uh, playing three, four games a week is, is, it's a mental grind, but it's also a physical grind. Um, and, you know, he's had success playing for Worcester the last couple of years, started his career in Indy um, after four years of college at Vermont. Um, he's been an assistant captain in this league. So he's a, he's got veteran presence. He's a great face-off guy. Uh, again, another area that we really wanted to focus on was, you know, the middle, like I said, and then also guys that can, can win face-offs because uh, you're starting off with possession right away. He gives us that. He has size, and he's a from from all accounts, he's a very very good guy to have in the locker room. Um, uh, Jules, go no, ahead. No, go ahead, coach. No, Jules. yeah, I was just gonna say, Jules. Jules is a, he, he, We're excited about Jules. He um, he played for Team France in the World Championships, so he played against men, and he played against really good hockey players. Uh, played against Canada, the U.S., Sweden, Finland, and he did really well. Uh, his, his ability to skate and defend, he has a good stick. So we're excited about him. He's young. Um, and there's going to be a little bit of an adjustment because he's coming over from, from France for the first time where English isn't his first language. And so there's going to be an adjustment, but we're excited, uh, you know, at the potential of, of what Jules can do. Uh, Drew DeRitter's a, a, an interesting goalie. He played, uh, at Michigan state under Joe Exter, our assistant coach, my assistant coach, uh, and and Joe knows him really well. And then he played his uh, fifth year at North Dakota. Um, he's a guy that it, we feel he's going to get a great opportunity here. And that's an area that we really want to address, you know, is is the goalie position. You got to make sure that you have your your bases covered on the goalie side because you don't want to be scrambling and uh, and not have a goalie when a guy gets called up or a guy gets injured. And we felt like we ran into a little bit of that last year. Talk to us a little, a little bit about the returning players. Who are you going to be relying on uh, from the team last season? Yeah, and, um, like I said, Tanner McMaster, he was a guy that really came in and, and seemed like he helped uh, helped get us on the right track. He's he's We're excited about him. He had a, an injury that ended his season prematurely, but, you know, he's 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 ready to go for this season, which is good. Yuki Mura, he'll be his uh, third season with us. He's He's a guy that just brings it every day. Uh, I'm the way he works is is just incredible. He works so hard every day. Even in the summertime, he stayed over here and made sure that he's he's ready to go. He's excited for this season. Uh, and then on the back end, we've got Kevin McKernan, who we got through a trade last year from Greenville. Uh, this will be his sixth year in the league. Again, that veteran presence that we talked about, uh, and and then Nolan Orzak. Uh, as well, he's a right shot defenseman that can skate and he can get himself out of trouble, uh, you know, break pressure on the breakouts by his by his feet. And yeah, I'll add in Jules Bosk is is similar in that that mode with his ability to escape pressure. Uh, it's important for these guys on the back end. So, coach, obviously, part of your job is also bringing hockey to your uh, to your area in Iowa. 
you've been active in youth summer camps, et cetera, bringing people to uh, the arena is another big part of uh, being a GM. Talk to us a little bit first about the youth camps, because uh, I'm sure it's quite the change teaching uh, or, excuse me, coaching grown men, providing for the families. And now you're trying to coach kids that are trying to find the passion for hockey. So what is that like for you? I love it. Uh, you know, I have three kids of my own. Uh, my my oldest is nine. My oldest daughter's nine, son seven, and my youngest daughter's five. So they're all they play hockey, um, especially my nine-year-old and seven-year-old. And I wanted to make sure that they were on the ice all summer. Not all summer, but I wanted them to. That's where you're going to make strides is, you know, through the camps in the summertime. And uh, I felt like it was important to keep them on the ice and also try to grow the game here with with the youth hockey. Um, and, and we've had a lot of success this summer. You know, the kids, they've made great strides uh, and they're going to be you know, really they're, they're excited for, for where they are heading into the, for their season as well. And it, it's a nice change of pace for, for me to, to work with the young kids uh, and, and gives me a little change of pace compared to what, like you said, what I'm doing throughout most of the year. So coach, you, um, I want to talk a little bit about, about culture. So, you know, being a new team and relatively new coach, second year as head coach, talk a little bit about the culture you want to develop within the team, but as GM, just the whole hockey culture in the whole area that you live in as well. So I guess two-part question. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, you're starting to see, you know, the fruits of our labor um, with year three. You know, we, we've started to build up a, a, a culture here in our room. You know, we, we want to bring guys that want to be hockey players. They're, they're not here just for the lifestyle. We want guys that want to be hockey players that want to get better every day and, and want to come to the rink with the mindset, hey, I want to get to the next level because uh, then you're going to be doing everything you can. You're going to be working your absolute hardest and, and you're in the mindset that you're coachable and you're, you're also helping the greater good of the team. And, you know, we're, we want to bring in solid, solid humans, solid, uh, you know, people that, that are excited to be in, in Coralville, Iowa, and they want to help the Heartlanders, you know, get to the, to get to the playoffs this year. And we feel like we've, we've done that with the, types of players that we brought in uh we feel like we've made a lot of strides in that area so and i'm then, curious coach. oh sorry go ahead coach no i just to to finish that up about the culture in the area yeah you know it's it's not something that you know hockey wasn't here i mean it's there's a lot of ushl teams in in the state of iowa you know dubuque des moines cedar rapids waterloo um but oh, here wow. in coralville iowa city it, it hockey wasn't a big presence and you're starting to see it through the youth hockey. The numbers are up going into, you know, you know, the registering for, for this year's youth hockey, the numbers are up and, and we feel like that's, a, that's a positive, you know, you have to grow the game at the grassroots. I've, I've been trying to, you know, do whatever I can to help in that regard because that's, what's going to be the future. And we hope to have one day a, a, a junior Heartlander playing for the Heartlanders or junior Heartlander playing in the NHL. I mean, that's you're starting to see that in Florida now with all these players. So I'm curious, um, how does the summer go between you and your players, at least the players that you know that are going to be coming back and under contract? Are you keeping up with them to make sure that they're they're at least practicing, they're on weight, they're going to come to camp uh, in shape, or is it normally just, hey, you take the summer – 
we'll we'll kind of get back together and start talking a few weeks before. How does that work during the summer? Are you having to keep tabs on these guys? Yeah, you check in with the with the players every once in a while. Um, but again, this is this is their job, and their job is their training in the summertime. It's their craft. They have to uh, come in ready. I, I have a sign on the door that says, you know, earn the right to be a pro. And that's what their job is. They need to to take care of their craft and make sure they're ready to go once October 7th comes around for training camp uh, and that they've done everything. They've put themselves in a position to be successful for the coming season. And that goes back to bringing in the right guys, the right mindset, the guys that want to be hockey players and that are not just interested in being uh, just hockey players for the lifestyle. And coach, um, I know we're going to let you go here. We appreciate your time, but just a couple more questions uh, regarding on the coaching status. So do you have to get your whole coaching staff together? And, you know, coaching at the East Coast level is so hard because of the constant call up calls up. You know, you all you, your best players could all of a sudden be called up. That happens quite a bit. Do you guys sort of have a game plan in place of how to deal with Players being called up, do you have a plan with leadership of players that are being sent down that might not be happy they're being sent down with the whole mitigating players that are signed just to uh, your team and blending all that together? I mean, is there sort of a whole plan that you guys put together or some sort of flow chart? I know it's a day by day, but there's got to be some planning, like if we suddenly lose five players. Yeah. I mean, it's, again, it comes into, you know, that we're all on the same page. Uh, us, that's, that's our job as coaches is to make sure that we get the maximum out of our players uh, on and off the ice to make sure that, Hey, listen, you know, this, this is a part of the job. Guys are going to get called up. Guys are going to get moved. Guys are going to get waived. Guys are going to get released. Um, but Hey, this is, it's an opportunity for somebody to step in, step up and, and, and possibly, expand your role and that's where you know us having a finger on the pulse you know joe myself and eric we we do a good job of making sure that we are staying on top of things and that we're doing everything we can to keep everybody moving in the right direction every day and we handle each case as it comes down whether it's losing guys um three hours before game time. Hey, this person's got to go get called up. We, we lost a guy in morning skate uh, that we were planning on having on our first line power play and, and whatnot. It's, it's just a part of the business. It's, and that's what I, I keep referring back to, but that's why this league is so good for coaches. Cause it, you have to learn on the fly. You have to make sure that you adjust and handle each situation differently and, and, and move on and keep progressing. So, Coach, when is camp? Uh, training camp is going to start October 7th, uh, and then opening night is October 20th, Friday against Rapid City. So do you envision um, more signings, more trades before camp? <laughs> Could be. <laughs> and then and then once, once you sort of have that portion of the summer squared away, what's your um, – What's sort of your thoughts going into camp? Are you looking? Um, I, I see you. You've already got some people. One that I like, um, European player coming out of my old alma mater, uh, UMass Lowell. That I think you give him an amateur tryout. Uh, I guess to come to camp. Uh, are you happy with the people you got invited, or the invites are still yeah. going out? Yeah. Well, uh, Merrick 
uh, he came with us uh, towards the end of the season. He actually signed over in Europe in his hometown of, or his home country of Slovakia. Um, it, you know, it was an experience for him. He wanted to give it an opportunity, give it a shot over here. And then ultimately he wanted to go back home and, and play. Um, but he, he came in and he did well for us. Um, it, it Camp is going to be very competitive. To answer your question, we're going to play two exhibition games against Fort Wayne, uh, which I don't know if it's been announced yet, but it will be. Um, so we're we're excited to go play two games against Fort Wayne because it gets guys right into the game action so that a week later when we play against Rapid City on opening night, guys are ready to go. Uh, that was uh, one area that we wanted to address this summer is to make sure that we got exhibition games to, against another team. So it seems like, and again, it's early. There's a lot going on. We're recording this August 25th. Uh, camp's not till uh, October. But it sounds to me the the team, at least on paper, is already stronger. Uh, game plan is met. Uh, we can't wait to see Iowa. You know that we're in Tulsa, so maybe we'll uh, catch a game if you come down here into well, Tulsa land. Well, we actually do come to Tulsa this year. Great. We come, uh, January 11th through January 13th. Yeah. Well, we'll so we definitely play two try. games. Uh, I know you, you'll be busy. Maybe if you've got a uh, a layover uh, a day or two, maybe we could get together for a quick beer or something. But yeah, we we're super excited to have uh, uh, to see what you you guys can do, and excited to bring the ECHL you know back to uh, you know to Iowa. Yeah, we're excited. Uh, we're excited for year three under new ownership. Uh, we're excited for what you know we've so far what we've done. Um, we're excited to see what these guys can do on the ice and October 7th can't come here soon enough. Uh, still a long way to go before we get to October 7th, but, uh, we're, we're definitely in a, we're in a better position right now than we were a year ago. And so that's, that's positive. Coach, can't thank you enough for your willingness to come on and, and spend some time with us. I know it's more than a typical average media interview but we uh we appreciate it and we're glad we got you before camp because i know you're going to be busy here in uh in in september for sure getting ready for camp thanks guys i really appreciate coming on it's always a pleasure all right again can't thank coach enough um pretty soon too um i should have mentioned this because um uh to coach damon uh um, looks like we're going to have on Rapid City coach, the uh, coach that he's going to play the first two opening games this season. We're going to try to have on this coming, uh, sorry, next week. Uh, but we want to thank the coach. Uh, Andrew had to run real fast. So I'm just uh, concluding this. So Iowa Heartlanders, third season in the ECHL. A lot of things going to happen with this team. Uh, a great coach. Again, episode 126, we covered uh, uh, the coach's career, which is a story within itself. I mean, what a what a journey he went on as a player. Uh, we wish him well, and uh, we will catch you all next week, hopefully with another ECHL head coach.